Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha. And it is a blessing to be able to be with all of our listeners each day on this program to open up God's Word and study a little bit deeper, a little further, learn a little bit more. We are so blessed to have this opportunity to be with you. You know, it's not this way in every country in the world. You would not have the freedom to be able to just openly be on the airwaves like this and teach God's word without any fear of reprisal from the government or enemies of the Lord's church. But we can do that here, and we, we just kind of take it for granted, don't we? Well, we should not just take it for granted. We should count it a great blessing. So we're thankful to have this opportunity to be able to open up God's Word and study with you each day right here on Search the Scriptures. And our prayer is that as we study, your faith is growing because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And as your faith grows, our further prayer is that you're coming closer and closer to God. And as that happens, our further prayer is that you're going to come to the point where you realize that you need to come to him all the way, his way, through Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ as God's Son and your Lord and Savior, and surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of your sins. And as you come up out of that watery grave of baptism, that you're a new creation spiritually. You've been reborn spiritually. You're in Christ, and he adds you to his church. Oh, you start a new life in him. You're a different person. Our prayer is along those lines for you, and we really do pray for you. You talk about a time when the world needs to come to God through Christ, but you know it's not just during this time. We could say that any day of any week, of any month, of any year. Oh, how the world needs to come to God through Jesus Christ. We look around us, and we might say that I, today, the, our nation, the world, is filled with violence and chaos and wickedness and, 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 and evil. We can say that any day, can't we? Again, any day of any week, of any month, of any year. I don't know how many times I've heard references from older people along the line that, that uh, you know, I just don't know how it could get any worse. Well, again, I think generation after generation after generation after generation has probably said that. And probably generation after generation will continue to say that as long as the Lord lets this world stand. But where what we need to do is we need to deal with where we are right now. Right now, we have our lives before us. I really appreciate what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 2. He said, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. We need to grasp the moment because the immediate moment is all that we're assured of. Probably every single one of us have known somebody or heard of somebody who suddenly was stricken with a heart attack or a stroke and dropped dead. From one moment to virtually the next moment, they were alive physically, and they were dead. We need to take advantage of the moment that we have right now. We need to learn God's word, and we need to do more than just learn it. We need to live by it. Our prayer is for you.
At the end of the program today, we'll tell you how you can contact us. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready and jot down that information and then contact us. Ask for the free Bible study that we always offer and we'll pay the postage. You can also have a copy of today's program on CD and again, it's free and we'll pay the postage. All you have to do is contact us and ask. So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. Jot down that information. We encourage you also to go to our website at churchofchrist.com. Churchofchrist.com. You can access all kinds of study materials there. You can click on the listen button and listen to sermons and Bible classes and also radio programs. You can click on the articles button and download and study through hundreds of biblically based articles. You can scroll down the home page and you can click on the podcast button and you can sign up for our podcasting. And when you do that, you will automatically receive to your device, whichever one you choose, you'll automatically receive all of our sermons, Bible classes, a great daily short Bible study called Today's Bible Class, about 12 minutes of study each day. Plus, you'll receive all of these radio programs. It'll all be automatic, and it's all free. So take advantage of that opportunity, churchofchrist.com. We're going to continue in this section of our study on grace. And this section, we're focusing on growing in grace. As the Apostle Peter exhorted in 2 Peter 3 and verse 18, grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we've asked the question, how does a person grow in grace? We've talked about through the various sections of this study on God's grace, how difficult it is to define grace. And probably it's easier to to describe it than it is to define it. So we've talked about how God's goodness is extended to us in so many ways through blessings when we don't deserve it, but God extends those, his goodness toward us, those blessings toward us anyway. And that's his grace. Because we're sinners, we don't deserve forgiveness and salvation. But God offers us forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ anyway. We don't have it coming. He's not obligated to do that for us, but he offers it to us anyway. And that's his grace. That's his grace. He sent Jesus to die on that cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins while we were still sinners. We didn't have that coming. We could not expect it. We did not deserve it, but God did it anyway. And that's his grace. Well, again, I'm sure, I'm still not sure we can fully grasp the depth of God's grace. But hopefully, as we've been studying on God's grace through these, oh, number of weeks now, hopefully we've come to a better understanding, a more, a fuller understanding, and a greater appreciation of just what God offers us and does for us by his grace. Now, what Peter says, though, is that we individually, as we have become Christians, need to grow in God's grace. How do we grow in God's grace? We need to grow in Christ. We read Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11, 
talking about how we need to mature, grow up in Christ. And also Ephesians chapter 4, how we need to grow up in Christ, how we need to become more full-grown spiritually as Christians. Well, how do we do that? Well, we need to grow in our faith in Christ, don't we? Where does faith come from? Hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So when Paul says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing or correctly handling and applying the word of truth, God's word, we understand the importance of that because it is by that means that we grow in faith. And as we're growing in faith, we're growing in Christ, aren't we? And as we grow in Christ, then it's logical to understand that we're also growing in grace. We need to grow up as Christians. We need to more and more take our Lord as the leader of our life, make him that leader. We remember what the Apostle Paul said in Galatians 2 and verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And something of a parallel to that is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 15, where, again, the Apostle Paul, being the writer, said, He died for all, speaking of Christ, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. The more we live for Christ, the more we serve him, the more consistently we obey his teachings, the more we grow in Christ. And the more we grow in Christ, the more we grow in faith, or rather in grace. Now certainly we're growing in faith too, but the more we grow in grace. In Ephesians chapter 2, and we just kind of read this through last time, and I said we'd get back to it in more depth this time. In verse 4, Ephesians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul wrote this, But God, who is rich in mercy, and you certainly cannot separate God's mercy from his grace, God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Now, again, you cannot separate God's love from his grace. Mercy, love, grace, they all go together. Even when we were dead in trespasses, now that means we were spiritually condemned in our sins. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Now, how are we made alive in Christ? As we're baptized into him, we're buried with him in the waters of baptism. Just as he was buried in the tomb, we die to that life of sin, just as he died on that cross. And just as he arose from that grave, we come up out of that watery grave of baptism, reborn spiritually, made alive. You can read that in very rich language and detail in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 6. Just as he came forth from the grave, we come forth 
from that watery grave of baptism alive. What did Paul say here? We were dead in our sins, but God made us alive together in, with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It is totally by God's grace that we're saved. You know, again, you don't save you. You can't save you. There's nothing you can do in and of yourself that will save you through your actions. You are totally dependent upon God for salvation. And only God, through Christ, can save you. That's God's grace. You're dead in your sins, but God has made the way for you to be forgiven and saved and have the promise of eternal life through Christ Jesus as you're baptized into him and you begin that new life in him. That's God's grace. But now, you see, you have to come to him through Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, John 14 and verse 6. And Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So we must come to Christ. We must come to him through the gospel. We're called to salvation in Christ through the gospel. Through the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So we must come to God through Christ in the way laid out for us in the scriptures, through the gospel message. And as we understand that message of salvation and we embrace it in belief, then we obey it. And that's what's being talked about in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 6. As we go through in baptism a likeness of Christ's literal death and burial and resurrection, we do that on a spiritual plane, dying to sin, being buried with him in baptism, and being raised up to walk in newness of life, being resurrected from that grave of baptism wherein the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us of the guilt of our sins. That's God's grace. That's God's grace. Now, again, we don't save ourselves. God saves us. But he expects us to come to him through Christ. He expects us to obey the gospel. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8 that when Jesus comes again on that final day of judgment, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God, he'll also take vengeance on those who have not obeyed the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, God expects our obedience. 
he expects response from us to his offer of salvation by his grace. When we look here in Ephesians chapter 2, and we see that Paul is saying, when we were dead in our sins, God made us alive through Christ. And we've just talked about how that happens. The process. He says in verse 8 again, by grace you have been saved. And we've just made that point again with emphasis that God is the one who saves us. We don't save ourselves. And it's not of works. We don't earn it. Verse 9, God extends that salvation to us by his grace. But then in verse 10, and this is still the same context of Scripture, Paul goes on and says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, he's talking about the ongoing Christian life. As I've emphasized many times, when we're baptized into Christ, when we've been forgiven, when we've come into salvation through him, we're just starting that new life. We're just coming out of the starting block, so to speak, out of the gate. Now we begin that new life of being a Christian. And here Paul says one aspect of that life, that new life, is serving God through good works for the rest of our lives. These are good works, not that we come up with on our own, but these are good works that God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, Paul says there in Ephesians 2 and verse 10. This is a lifestyle, an active, faithful, dedicated, obedient lifestyle on an ongoing, consistent basis. Now, when he wrote to Titus, Paul also wrote along this line. In Titus chapter 3 and verse 8, he said, This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful literally full of care to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. To maintain good works. He tells us that. Now, going back to chapter 2 in Paul's letter to Titus. Verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live, here's the active lifestyle, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking forward, or looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our God, of our God, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special, his own special people, Zealous for good works. Zealous for good works. The life of a Christian is an active life, an ongoing life of active, dedicated, obedient faithfulness. 
Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and let's look at verses 12 and 13. The Apostle Paul writing again, and he says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. Does that sound like a lot of double talk to you? <laughs> it's not. He's saying that we need to not be the kind of people who look at others and say, well, I'm a whole lot better than that person. I'm a whole lot more spiritual than that individual. I'm a whole lot more faithful than that person over there. We can always find those comparisons of people who are living ungodly, sinful, wicked lives and say, I'm better than that person. That's not the basis of God's accounting us righteous before him. He wants us to live by his teachings, and that's the basis of how he accounts us righteous or unrighteous. Our faithful, consistent dedication and obedience and service. In verse 13, he goes on and says, We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. We're going to, we're going to hold our example of living by God's word before you. And that's going to be the basis upon which we're either counted righteous or unrighteous by God. And the basis upon which you can either follow our examples as good influences upon you, as good examples of, of Christianity, or not. We're going to look into the mirror of God's word for our guidance. And that's going to be the basis upon which we encourage you to live faithful, godly, obedient lives. We want to grow in grace so that our example can help you grow in grace. That's what we want. That's our goal. Our time is just about up today, so we're going to stop and park here. We'll come back and continue this particular section of our study on grace next time. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for loving us so much. Thank you, Father, for your grace. Thank you so much. And we pray, Father, that you will guide us to always strive to live in your grace and always try to grow in grace and exhibit that growth to those around us who need to come to you for salvation by your grace. Please guide us in this, Father. Guide the world to see that they need your grace right now, and they so do need it. Please, Father, please forgive us. Gracious Father, our prayer in Christ's name, amen.